It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock, and it is time for episode 255 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, uh, looking good as always. How are you feeling tonight, my friend? I am feeling good, Ron. It's, um, you know, it's Sunday night. It is 8.01. We are sitting here. I, I mean, everyone is jealous of us. We are, we are right now about to do episode 255. Right now, we have friends of the show watching. They are, they are eager to hear what is, is going to come out of your mouth. Um, I'm just, just happy to be in the presence of, of, of genius. And um, I know that, uh, that folks are salivating for the after dark um, portion of the show. Um, we'll be talking about it a little bit later. But uh, if you're not on our Patreon, you're missing out, people. All right. Well, we got a jam-packed episode tonight, so let's get right into it. As always, it's drink of the week. 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 All Drink right, week. Brian, what are you drinking this week, my friend? All right, our good friends um, over in uh, in Scandinavia. Uh, once again, we go back to Sweden, Landskrona, Sweden. Um, our friends over at the Brekarit um, Brewery have sent over a uh, a fine sampling of Wrapped in Red. Um, which uh, they describe as a fruity and refreshing wild ale fermented with cherries, raspberries, and strawberries. Please note, Ron, that this beer is classed as a sour ale mm. made with different wild yeast strains and lactic acid bacteria cultures. Coming in at a 5.6 ABV, ratebeer.com has given this beer a score of 91 out of what we don't know. This is Wrapped in Red. Oh, it looks good. I mean, the color, uh, the body, it looks very promising. You like your sours. Ooh, I like this our is, sours. This is so much better. Um, right. This is better than the other one I had a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't have the um, uh, that biting acidic aftertaste. It is just sour. Ooh. Mm. Highly recommend it. Wrapped in red from Breck Harriet. Uh, Ron. Yes. As you're watching me drink my beer, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what beer am I drinking? And I'm saying to myself, uh, and we don't prepare beforehand by talking about what we're drinking. I also brought a sour to the table today uh, from our friends at Energy City Brewing. This is Bistro Fruit Cereal. Um, their Bistro Series uh, has a sourness served fresh from the kettle for a bright and lively taste. This is a Berliner style Weiss beer. Um, it is fermented and then they add the fruit. Uh, they have blueberries, grapes, oranges, lemons, limes, and natural flavors. Um, so it's uh, 
Again, got a darkish purplish hue to it. And uh, it is clocking in at 6.5%. Let's take a sip. That it that looks like a ooh, ooh, ooh. Hold on, hold on. He's thinking, he's thinking. Oh Ron, you're taking a second sip because I don't think you have your you seem cu- curious or concerned. There's there's definitely something. Ron, what do you yes. think? So um, it's well, number one, it's not sour. I wouldn't call it sour, lightly carbonated. It's uh, I gotta take another sip. It reminds me of something. A third sip, people. This is almost um, the record. His record is four sips. What is uh, what's that? Uh, is it Schafferhofer? What's that grapefruit uh, beer? Uh, I believe it's Schafferhofer. It's oh, that good. is uh, Lingenkugel's um, uh, <laughs> uh, pink. Pink grapefruit mash. Uh, it's it's only available um, during the third week of August. Anyway, um, if- um, so it, it reminds me a lot of that, just with a different fruit composition. I'm surprised it doesn't taste like a six and a half. Like this is a very uh, crushable, as we like to say, crushable beer, very drinkable. Um, you could probably put a few of them down uh, before you realize that you're just completely drunk. Here's my question for you, my friend, yes. is how many of them do you have in your beer fridge right now? I only had the one. I uh, It was, uh, you know, I got it from our friends at Tavor, so it was limited as to how many I could get. Uh, but I wish I had a couple more. They would be, it would be tasty. Because tonight is um, our, our Patreon After Dark. Can you beat Ron? The game will be played, people. Um, I myself are, are am very proud of the game that I put together. So um, to me, the advantage here is for you to drink as much alcohol as you can in the next 54 minutes before we do our After Dark, accessible only to our patrons who have signed up the bronze or higher level. People, you're missing out if you're not part of our Patreon. Um, I know I've already mentioned it twice so far this episode, and it's not because I'm trying to get your money. It is because... Um, you know, one hour every week, we do a free podcast accessible to the world. Um, but one of the ways that we offset the cost of doing that podcast is by doing a Patreon. Um, we do not like asking for money. It's not about uh, uh, how we operate. However, our Patreon, if you go to patreon.com and then uh, or go to our website, Ron yeah, and Brian podcast, go to Ron and Brian podcast. The link is in the upper right hand corner. Click that, which automatically takes you to Patreon. Sign up as little as five dollars a month um, at the aluminum level. Bronze gets you um, for ten dollars um, full video hour after dark, as well as access to the live stream link today and Every Sunday at the end of the month, we invite all of our patrons who are at the bronze level or higher to come on the show with us. Um, once a month, we play uh, Can You uh, Beat? One month, it's Brian. One month, it's Ron. But it's a great game. $25 to the winner goes to a charity of your choice. And if Ron or I win, the money gets rolled over to the following month. This month, we're going to be playing for $50. Last month, Ron won his uh, – last time, Ron won his uh, game – so 50, the winner, 50 if Ron tonight. loses today, yep. 50 bucks goes to the charity of your choice. Um, and if Ron, you win, you win this month, 75 in three months. Um, Ron, are pressure. you excited? Are you excited? I am excited. Listen, I'm always excited for Pajama Party, even more excited when it is a chance to defend my Can You Beat Ron uh, championship. So 
Ready but you to know, go. Speaking of championships, you know what you're not going to be um, defending this uh, this week is the Ron and Brian 51%. Oh, wow. You can actually see my setup over here if I just move this around. This is the title belt, people. This is the belt that says I'm 51%. You can look at me, Ron. You don't have to look away. I know it hurts. I know I think it hurts it's, uh, to see your baby in the hands of someone else. it's time for B for the week, actually. Brian, what's bothering you this week? All right, this one, this one may seem, um, this one may seem a little in, you know, um, how do I put it politely without insulting myself? I might be the source of my beef of the week. Okay, that's but fair. it is still a beef of the week. Okay, then let's hear it. It is my local supermarket selling skinless chicken breasts with the bone in. Ooh, that is unusual. Now, I would like anybody on this planet outside. Okay, first world. This is a first world problem. So let me rewind a little bit. Anybody living in a first world country that wants to step up, raise their hand and explain to me why, under what circumstances you would want a bone in chicken breast. They've already removed the skin. So they're already acknowledging you know, we have altered this piece of meat in some way before it's gone into its package so that it will be easier for you. But they they leave the bone in. So I'm buying a 1.1 pound package of chicken breast. I get home, I'm thinking I'm going to cut this in half so it's nice and thin, put that in the oven. As as, as loyal listeners of the show um, know, I have been trying to control my um, – my food intake. So right. I am been I've been doing a lot of baked chicken. So I've been okay. eating a lot of chicken breast. So twice in the past month, I have come home with bone in chicken breast. And let me tell you something, people. I don't know if you've done this, um, but uh, uh, the bone actually takes up most of the package. I would, once I would imagine. Done, yeah. Once you're done removing the bone from the chicken, you are not left with a lot of chicken breast. Um, and uh, it, it 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 drove me insane. I believe it was Wednesday night of this week when I came home. I was all you know happy. I had my one pound. I went to go cut it, and there was just a fucking bone in there. Yes. Um, bone in chicken breasts. That's my beef of the week, Ron. All right. I, I mean, I can see where that would be an issue. I'm Who's buying chicken breast to have? Who is buying a chicken breast because the because bo- it comes with the bone? Yeah, that I don't fucking know. Fucking a. That I don't know. That I felt was um, an insult. Um, to me as a supermarket shopper. Um, Ron. Yes. May I ask you a question? Uh, Of course you may. What's bothering you? So, uh, and my my beef this week, and I will admit uh, admit also uh, coming from a place of privilege, uh, it's a very first world problem. Uh, But my beef this week is with Movie Tavern. I don't know, do you have Movie Taverns uh, up in New York? What's a movie tavern? Movie tavern. So it's a movie theater. What's a movie tavern? It's a movie theater, uh, which uh, has a restaurant and a bar and all that good stuff. We have Alamo Draft House up here. So similar concept, although I hear Alamo Draft House actually provides customer service. So um, we have a, uh, a, I went out to see the new Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead Rise uh, with the wife and with uh, Marty, friend of the podcast. 
Wait and again, so, Marty. Is that is that Marty from Marty and um, is that Marty of the Jardies? It is Marty of the Jardies. She, she you went, went to a movie with Marty Jardy. Yes, exactly. So this, uh, so we had been to we went to movie tavern a lot pre-pandemic. They would serve you okay. food and alcohol at the seats and everything else. Um, and then you know, obviously during the pandemic, you know, it changed. You had to pick up your food, everything else. But then they renovated the movie tavern. They like expanded the bar, and you know, so we figured things were kind of back to normal. Except you don't order from your seats. You well, you can order from your seats, but like the servers don't come to you. You have to like order through an app. And apparently, there's certain items that don't get brought to your seat. So like we ordered uh, different food items, and then I ordered a, a soda for my wife. Well, they brought everything except for the soda. So I'm like, so I have to get up out and go out of the theater and I go up to the the uh, host stand and I'm like, oh, we ordered stuff on the app um, and then we got our food. We just didn't get the soda I ordered. I'm like, oh, well, you have to walk to uh, the concession stand to get the soda. Okay. So it's like, but no one, but why would you then bring me all my food and then the soda, no one would say, hey, by the way, you got to get your soda yourself. Yeah, you would. I would think that that should be um, noted when you are placing that order. You would think so. That certain that certain items you have to go pick up. And another thing that was weird too is they will not allow you. So again, and you can't have alcohol. You can't order alcohol through the app anymore. You used to be able to order drinks from your server, and they'd bring them. Sure. I guess since it's an app, you have to go to the bar itself and order. And so. Um, one of the members of our group wanted to order a second drink to bring with her into the movie theater, but the, the bartender would not sell her a second drink because she still had a first drink in front of her. See, I don't understand that role. And I, uh, you know, where they'll only sell you one drink at a time. Yeah. You know, um, and cause the thing is the markup on the alcohol is where they're making their money. Oh you know, yeah. They're not making their money. Like to me, I would think that they would want to sell you as much alcohol as possible. Yeah. Um, how angry did your wife get when they, <laughs> when they said no to her? I'm not saying it was her. She actually was done with. No, I understand, Ron. I understand you want to cover for Mrs. Ron. Mrs. Ron <laughs> does does not want the world to know that she was um, trying to double fist um, uh, margaritas at this movie. So um, how did she handle it? Um, so uh, somebody else of the group was was done with their drink and was able to order, even though the bartender was well aware they were ordering that drink for the other person that already had a drink. So sure. I'm sure the bartender finds it stupid as well, but I, I don't get, I don't know. It was, uh, now I will say this, Evil Dead Rise, great sequel. I would go out and see it. Uh, just don't know if I would go to a uh, movie tavern to see it. See, when I heard about it, that it had a uh, nice level of gore and some throwbacks to the original Evil Dead. It, it was uh, some uh, some parts towards the end that were a nice homage to the original Evil Dead. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Brian, Hold on a second. Yeah. William Esquire coming in with the contrarian perspective. He finds full meals at movie theaters to be distracting. Um, I could see that. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I, I could see that, but, uh, don't go to a movie tavern then. Just may I ask, may I ask what kind of food you ordered? Like, are we talking like wings and, um, uh, uh, onion rings or are we talking like, uh, you know, a cheesesteak? Hoogie. I had, uh, I had some chicken fingers and some fries, uh, like a little appetizer sampler. Uh, I you believe love chicken fingers and fries. Dude, man, I'm, I'm, sucker I'm, for that. I am a 12 year old when it comes yes. down to it. Yes. Um, I believe uh, Marty ordered a wrap and I believe 
Um, the the wife ordered a, a little mini pizza that they serve there. Mini and pizza. I, and I said to her, I'm like, that pizza is not going to be any good. She's like, I don't know. The, that couple over there has one. It looks good. It wasn't good. Did was, she let you try it or no? No, no. I just, I knew it wasn't going to be any good. But you just she, knew it. She had yeah. like one slice and left the rest. I was like, I told oh, you. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Anyway, Brian, uh, we have we didn't get to do stories of the week last week because we had the great day no, that, and that took up the majority of the episode. Uh, but we by do... the way, hold on before we go there, yeah. should we should we should we should we, I, I do think I, we I, should. I, I, um, sorry, that we was should pl- we should plug the interview that we have coming up later on in the show. Yes, We've not we... mentioned it once, and that is. Um, I'm blaming Matt on that because um, normally he sits there and puts together an agenda for this show. Um, I've not heard from him today. A little worried. Ron, have you heard from Matt? Um, he uh, he sent me some texts just to let me know um, that uh, you were harassing him. That's all I, I was. All, all I said was, where's the agenda? And then I said, um, an agenda, please. And then I said, where's the fucking agenda? So we will be. Uh, we have our interview with uh, with drag queen Amber Lemay coming up. Uh, I think we'll do it right after the stories of the week. So, okay. um, Brian, you have a story um, that you brought to the table. Why don't you tell us what that is? Listen, you know, uh, we always talk about first world problems. It's one of the things that um, you know highlights this show is is we sit there and talk about how you know issues that are affecting us. Um, are, uh, and I think every now and then it's important to, uh, how do I say this politely, you know, put other people's issues, um, to, you know, in the light. So as we can compare and realize that ours are, 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 are mostly meaningless. Um, there was a story in the uh, New York Post this week, um, the source of where I get all my news. Um, and it's it's out of Westchester County. Mm. Um, and it's a story of uh, five children who were killed in a horrific car crash because there is no other type of car crash where children are killed than horrific. You need to use sure. the word horrific anytime children are killed in a car crash in Westchester County. That is north of New York City. Um, five kids, sisters, Zania, 12 Sean L. Cross, 11, their half-brothers, A.J. Billups Jr., 17, Andrew Billups, 8, and cousin Malik Smith Jr., 16, all died on March 12th on their way home from a New Jersey shopping center to their home in Connecticut when Smith, I will point out, was 16, who was driving them, ran off the road on the Hutchinson River Parkway in Scarsdale. Now, you may ask yourself, Brian, Why would this story lead you to wanting to highlight it? Well, it's the fact that police are suspecting that these five children were in the New Jersey shopping center panhandling for money as um, they are incredibly low income and in some cases, no income. So these kids drove from Connecticut all the way out to New Jersey. I imagine bougie New Jersey to, um, uh, to panhandle for money and on their way home, they died. One relative, Abraham Billups, nine, is the sole survivor of the crash. Jeez. He was pulled out of the burning vehicle by a good Samaritan who found him in the rear cargo hold. That's right, people. Thanks to Ronald Reagan, you've got these six children who are panhandling in a New Jersey shopping mall. At- oh, Stop, drop, tuck, and roll. Oh, Tasteless. Very tasteless. 
You know, sometimes sometimes you have friends where you sit there and they make a comment and you're just like, where on earth do they come off with with just hate speech? Hate speech. Yes. So um, uh, uh, rest, the, rest, rest in peace, the souls of these five children that died after panhandling. Um, because in America, if you are um, low income or, or fall below uh, the safety nets, you're on your fucking own mm. and you can die. Um, Ron. Yes. What's your story of the week? Um, so, Brian, you're a man who has uh, you've been married a couple of times and in turn divorced a couple of times. Twice. And- after your divorce, did you still reside with your ex-wife? No, okay. um, they were they they both were actually um, living in separate states when um, the divorces were taking place. Well, Brian, uh, this gentleman right here, this is Alan Riggs from South Carolina. Uh, he uh, and his wife were divorced two years ago but apparently still share a home. Uh, his wife apparently uh, brought home a, uh, her boyfriend uh, to the duplex that they share in Myrtle Beach um, and were having sex in their bedroom. Um, Alan started banging on the walls of the duplex in an effort to quiet the couple down uh, shortly mm-hmm. before 12.30 a.m. last Friday night. Uh, apparently, the couple ignored Riggs', uh, Riggs please. He then ran to his car to retrieve his firearm and oh, racked a gun outside their bedroom before retreating to the living room. When the woman exited the room for a glass of water, Riggs rushed up to her gun still in his hands and told her that if she went back upstairs, she would die. Riggs told cops that he became upset when he heard his ex-wife having sex and had banged on the wall to try and get them to quit. Uh, He turned to his gun only after that method failed, he said. Police confiscated a nine millimeter pistol from him and he was booked into the county jail on felony domestic violence charges in lieu of one hundred thousand dollars bond. Sounds reasonable. Sounds yeah. reasonable. Ron, um, can you put that mugshot back up? Ah, uh, jeez. Or you exit. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I, I was going to um, just question what was going on with his shirt. Because it looked like it was either a shirt from um, the game Asteroids <laughs> or he had ejaculated um, all over it. Um, people who have got the video, rewind 30 seconds and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. All right? right. Well, Brian, uh, before we uh, we go any longer, let's get to this week's uh, this week's yeah. interview. Yeah. Um, we have uh, we have had many stories about drag over the past few weeks. We had an opportunity to uh, this week interview uh, drag queen Amber LeMay. So let's get to this week's Ron and Brian interview. All right. And we are excited uh, to have this week's guest come out. Uh, comedian Amber LeMay is the host of Amber Live, one of the Internet's top comedy slash drag talk shows, uh, also known as the Larry King of Drag Queens. Amber has interviewed uh, 250 plus personalities from around the world. Uh, you can also uh, catch her weekly on her show, AmberLive.tv, and we do have a trailer for that. Amber Live, the drag queen comedy talk show. 
Famous guests like Bruce Valanche, Carol Baskin, John Fetterman, Tammy Brown, Mrs. Kasha Davis, Charles Bush, Hal Sparks, and many more. And comedy from Rusty Peen, Lucy Bell LeMay, Dwayne Scott Surdy, Cousin Craig, Boog and Shug, our producer Russell, Emoji Nightmare, Cousins Crystal and Bones, and Rocco Zamboni. Catch it all on YouTube.com slash Amber Live. And don't miss our incredible social media channels on TikTok and Instagram. Amber LeMay Live, the Larry King of drag queen comedy talk shows. Now with better legs, don't forget to subscribe. And welcome to the Ron and Brian podcast, Amber LeMay. Well, thank you so much. I haven't been t- with two such handsome men in a long time. Well, thank you very much. Can you guess? Which I'm blushing. I'm blushing now. <laughs> oh, I, we don't talk age. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so uh, a lot of interesting topics that uh, you were able to talk upon. But the one thing that jumped out at me the most is your top five ways to use maple syrup that aren't for eating. <laughs> Was this show rated PG by an HM? You can you can use whatever language you like. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> well, but but other than eating, well, you know, it um uh, it sticks. It's a uh, an adhesive. You can use it as an adhesive. Okay. And that could be for like uh, art crafts, uh, you know, crafts that you have, or possibly, you know, if there's someone that you want to attach yourself to, you could do that as well. So think about that. Okay. It's I a mean... little hard to get out of the sheets, though. Uh, <laughs> You might have to dispose of the sheets in another way. That is true. I'm in the hotel industry. And when people get that room service and they get the syrup on the sheets, very difficult, very, very sticky. (laughs) Yes. So tell us, um, how did you uh, kind of give us your history? How did you get into drag? Well, um, it was over uh, 30 years ago. My friend Mike Hayes and I were uh, wanting to perform more. Um, we were in a cabaret group as guys with some some women and raising money for good causes, such as Vermont Cares, which is the AIDS resource organization. And But we wanted to do more. And we went to a drag show in Burlington, here in Burlington, Vermont. And drag was fairly new. At Halloween, there was always messes and dresses. But uh, there was two performers, uh, Cherry Tart and Yolanda, who uh, put an act together. And uh, the audience really liked them. And I looked to Mike and I go, we could do that. <laughs> and he says, I've got a degree in costume design. I said, well, I, I'm pretty funny. I could write words and jokes for us. And so that's how we started. We started as the Sisters LeMay. And uh, with our accompanist, uh, Craig Hilliard, who's still with us today, 30 years later, and our good friend, Cindy Zook, we performed. And uh, we were having so much fun with our shows that other people said, hey, um, can we join you? Can we be in your show? And so we, we went from the Sisters LeMay to the House of LeMay because we just expanded our troupe. And uh, we've been doing it ever since. And over the years, we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars and awareness for a wide variety of charities and organizations around Burlington, Vermont. Right, interesting, nice. interesting. Now, uh, now um, you're, you're mostly focused now as an online show? Yes. Uh, well, you, do you remember what happened back in March of uh, 2020? Does that ring a bell? Vaguely. We, 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 we may have talked about it. <laughs> <a second. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Burlington closed down on March 16th of 2020. And on March 22nd, I started my first show. Um, at first, really? it was a, a Ask a Drag Queen. I didn't know. I, uh, I said, Russell, I want to do something on Facebook. People are doing live things. How do I do that? He goes, well, you just click on the link and you start talking. 
it. And so that's what I did. And the first couple were kind of rough. I had the laptop sitting on my lap in my living room. The lighting's not good. It's bouncing up and down. Um, but after a couple of weeks, Russell said, Russell Dreher, my producer, said, you know, I think we have something here. Let, let's expand it. Let's uh, work on a set for you, some lighting, and let's get some guests. And so then we started talking to uh, local people, mostly, um, local performers, local business owners, um, and entertainers, finding out what they were doing, how they were serving surviving the lockdown. And then Russell, being in New York City, had a, for over 20 years, knew a lot of people in the entertainment business there. So he started reaching out to them. And so we kind of broadened our appeal to or broadened our, um, our guest list. And uh, we've done 148 episodes since then. Now, if you take the number of Sundays uh, since March mm -hmm. 20th, or 20th today, there's not a whole lot more than 147. Sure. We've been pretty right. productive. Yes. Now, now, we're also usually on Sunday nights at 8 o'clock. I was just wondering now, are, were you intentionally um, uh, uh, attempting to take our audience? Because I, I feel there's a lot of overlap. And um, like, were, was it a direct blow um, that you wanted to say, hey, I'm after you, Ron and Brian. Your audience will be mine. Because that's what no, Ron was telling me. Well, you know, Ron, Ron, that's not very nice. Sorry, you know, sorry. To, to see, think, think that a drag queen would do be so diabolical like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just found Sunday was convenient at the time, and we yes. kind of stuck with it. And, and we've done eighty-five to ninety percent of our shows live on Sunday, but sometimes people aren't available, and so we do pre-recorded interviews as well as as I'm sure you do too. Yes. So now you're based out of Vermont, which on a whole seems like kind of a progressive state. But I've also mm -hmm. been in, in parts of Vermont that are just downright frightening. Um, how does Vermont respond to the drag community? You know, I, that's one thing that um, I, I'm very proud of what I and, and my troop have done in the past 30 years is I believe we have made Vermont a safer place for expression of uh, gender, um, expression of entertainment. Um, my, as I mentioned earlier, I um, started the, the, the experience with Mike Hayes. Well, four years ago, Mike had a stroke and he was no longer able to perform with us. And um, so I didn't do any shows. We made appearances, but I didn't do any shows without Mike because I just didn't feel right being on stage without my sister. Um, and then um, three weeks ago, Mike passed away oh, uh, sorry, from a heart yeah, attack. And you would not believe the outpouring of love, affection, mm -hmm. and awareness, appreciation that we received from his passing. Um, I got a lovely note from our congressman, um, uh, Becca Ballant. Um, the, the, just, it's just amazing, the outpouring. The local um, weekly newspaper immediately put something online, a beautiful story. Vermont Digger, which is a, a, a viral news organization, did a, a great story, a story, not an obituary, mm -hmm. a news story about beloved drag queen Marguerite LeMay's passing away. And that just says a lot, I think. And that's because we, we never just performed it for the, the gay community. We always reached out and invited everybody to our shows and worked for um, other organizations. Like we did one show for the Edmonds Middle School um, drama department 
and we called them the future drag queens of America. <laughs> so, and they loved it. Uh, the Vermont City Marathon, every year we're at the corner of Cherry and Church Streets directing traffic. And so we're seen by thousands of people that, and so we're, uh, people are aware of us. And a couple of weeks ago, we were asked to do a, uh, to MC a benefit um, in Fairfax, Vermont. Now, Fairfax, Vermont is a town of under 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> and we were asked to, be- to MC this uh, a fundraiser for um, the- a child needed a service dog. So they're doing like a talent show to raise money. And we said, okay, we know a few people in Fairfax, so we think we're pretty good there. Well, we get dressed up, we drive up to Fairfax, we pull in the parking lot, and there's this big pickup truck with all we see is a big flagpole sticking out the the back of it. I went, oh, shoot. <laughs> what are mm-hmm, we getting mm-hmm. into? Well, all of a sudden, the wind picked up, and it was a Bacardi flag. <laughs> from Bacardi I said, okay, I, I think we're safe. You're amongst your and people. Yeah. So they, they welcomed us. They couldn't have been more gracious. And at one time during the show, I had to, I had a microphone and I said, I, I've talked to a lot of drag queens from all over the country about what's happening to them um, at this time in our, our country. And I said, if this was happening in other parts of the country, there would have been proud boys in the parking lot threatening you mm-hmm. as you entered the building. Right. And you could just hear gasps from the audience. And after I got finished, I got a standing ovation. And then as we were leaving, people just hugged us and thanked mm-hmm. us so much. And uh, that just really did a lot for me thinking, yes, we've done good, you know, and uh, this is the, the Vermont State uh, motto is freedom and unity. And I said, this is freedom and unity right here. Well, and one thing we we talk about almost on a weekly basis now, and you kind of touched on it there, you know, you kind of get used to, you know, the the type of ignorance that comes from the hate groups in this country, but we're seeing it more on the on the political spectrum now. It seems the drag community mm-hmm. is is under attack in a number of red states. And yet every week, you know, we're reading stories about, you know, police officers getting sentenced for child pornography. Um, you know, the, church the leaders, church leaders, you know, the Baltimore yes. diocese, you know, with 600 plus, you know, cases of, of child abuse, um, mm-hmm. politicians resigning because of sexual Teachers. harassment and things like that. Teachers having sex with Coaches, their students. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. From your perspective, you know, where where does the drag community go from here? Because it, it's not going away and nor should it. No. Mm-hmm. You know, how how does it how does it mobilize and, and fight back in these areas of the country um, that are are being as ignorant as as they they seem to want to be at this point? Well, for the past several months, I've been highlighting those other people who are the groomers and the molesters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just started a new segment last week called Altercations, you know, highlighting all the church people Ooh. who are being um, ah, not accused, but sent- I like, I like it. arrested and sentenced to it um, for uh, such hideous crimes, hideous crimes. Sure. And I always ask, I said, um, I, I know there has to have been a drag queen here or there who did something bad and stupid and was arrested. But show me, show me. You, you Google yeah. Texas church sex crimes mm-hmm. and see what happens. Then Google Texas drag queen sex t- crimes. Sure. And all you'll get is the accusations. You won't get any solid facts or any names coming up. Mm-hmm. And that just has to be reiterated. And I, I think drag queens have to be out, be out more. 
I, I think they they need to be a part of the community more and not just be on stage in the in the gay clubs. Um, I think they need to be I'm not necessarily out on the street protesting, but I think I'm sorry to be an example of us, but be a part of the whole community, not just a part of the uh, GLBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. And, uh, you know, it just seems like one thing, you know, whether it's whether it's, you know, drag queens, whether it's trans rights, I think hitting the kids young, you know, in middle school to your to to what you did. I think, you know, people need to I think the younger that you can teach a child that it's okay to be different. Sure. That's the most valuable to me, the most valuable piece of information you can give someone. And yet, you know, it's it's so amazingly frustrating to see politicians and school districts try and pack that away and try and pack away critical race theory um, and, and everything else. And it's like, it seems like we've, we came so far (laughs) up to a certain point and now we're, we're starting to take steps backwards. One time uh, a mother came up to me and said, um, my, my my young son asked him who you were and why, why you were dressed that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And I said to him, well, you like to play dress up, don't you? And the little boy goes, yeah, it's just, that's what they're doing. They're playing dress up. And I thought that was just a nice, nice way of putting it, you know, not getting into the, the gender identity or sexuality of, of anything, but just saying like, we're playing dress up. We're having fun. And I think that was, that was really nice. Yeah. You go up to people and they, they're against CRT. Ask them what it is. Right. They don't know. Ask, ask them, you know, ask, they won't know, give examples of it. And and they don't, they, they can't Um, ask them for examples of anything or the books that they want to ban. Ask them Mm -hmm. how many of they've read of those books. Right. Not, they haven't. They just heard that, um, that they're bad and they have to be taken away. I mean, it's it's, it's just ridiculous. And it it comes from um, a small vocal minority of Mm -hmm. people who are scared. They're very scared that their way of life, they're no longer going to be white people in charge of the country. And Mm -hmm. that scares them. They're afraid that the minorities are going to treat them the way they've been treating the minorities. And so it's just people are, thank God they're dying out. You know, Um, they are going to be dying out soon. Uh, There's always going to be some pockets, but uh, I think the majority of the voters that vote that way are dying off. What's truly scary seems to be is this, that the you know, there's such a movement amongst in, in the South and amongst the right to really go after education. You know, it's 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 like their 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 platform seems to be um, let's try to educate as little as possible, because that will somehow be for the betterment of society to have people as ignorant of, of about facts and of about um, you know, different um, uh, perspectives. Uh, it's it's scary. Well, if they're not learning things at school, they're only going to learn what their parents teach them. Sure. And they're not going to learn to think, oh, there's another way of looking at things. Oh, I didn't know that happened. And mm-hmm. if they're not taught that, then they're going to be remain ignorant. That class of sure. people is just going to be remain ignorant. And mm-hmm. uh, the school system, they, they want the parents to pick the curriculum. I'm sorry. <laughs> I come from a long line of educators. Uh, I think my edu- my family educators can pick out books better than uh, Mon Paul Yokel. Oh, it's so scary. Now, getting to a more positive topic, your show Amber Live uh, started mm-hmm. as uh, a local Vermont internet production, and it has since grown into an international presence. Yeah. How has that happened? You know, um, persistence. 
you know, those first that first year, year and a half, uh, didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> so I mean, I, I was working from home with my my real job, and um, we were able to reach out to more people. And the more people we had on our show, I'm sure you've had this. Um, they'll mm-hmm. go, "Hey, um, I've got a friend you might you might want to talk to." Or, you know, I, I think I can find someone else for you to talk to. And so they, that, that has really helped, the, the word of mouth. And I think the diversity of my guests um, has really helped as well. Um, you know, one, one day it could be like Senator John Fetterman or Bruce Valanche or Jay Rodriguez was on, has been on the show. And just, uh, but it's also been small authors or, or doctors uh, talking about uh, different health uh, issues that pertain mainly to the, the gay community, but it's a broader appeal as well. And I also do some humor. You know, I, I, I try to put some humor in it as well, as you can tell from the trailer. Sure. Yes. We now, try. what was we're not, um, we're not if, always successful. We try to put humor in there. We try, we try. Well, we, you know, we we you know, Ron is from the Pennsylvania area. I like to call it the area of Pennsylvania. Um, you mentioned John Fetterman. He is somebody that we have spent quite a bit talking about, especially you know during his early campaign through his you know election and now with his mental health struggles. Um, what was interviewing him like? Well, I interviewed him when he was still lieutenant governor, and he hadn't mm-hmm. quite announced his Senate, but you knew he was going to. Mm-hmm. And he and his wife couldn't have been more charming, more pleasant. She's a spitfire. I, I People need to get hold of her and guide her because she could do a lot. She's a great talker. and um, But he was very open, and here they got married here in Burlington, Vermont, and they, they come back every five years. And mm-hmm. so that, that was a nice to talk to. And also on the show that night was Hal Sparks. Uh, you might remember Hal Sparks from um, Talk mm. Soup and yeah. – um, and all, all those other things. Well, he and uh, Mrs. Fetterman just got along together and they talked for like a half hour just about Pittsburgh because <laughs> uh, their connections with Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. was, that was a lot of fun. But no, John Fetterman, you know, good for him. Um, I'm glad he waited till after he was elected to get help. Because I think that would have really put a, a damper yep. on his chances of being elected. But I think he's going, to, he's going to be a great uh, um, a spokesperson for mental health. And I think Good. even if he never casts a vote in the Senate, just him keeping Dr. Oz out uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has done a tremendous service to oh, the country. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, how can uh, how can people connect with you? What's uh, what's the best way to follow Amber LeMay out there? Well, Amber LeMay live at um, gmail.com, <clears throat> Amber LeMay or Amber live TV dot TV mm-hmm. is there or Google me, you know, Google Vermont drag queen and I'll show up <laughs> the, all over the place. All right. Any live performances scheduled right now or um, not live? We, we've been doing performances. Um, right. I, um, I'm going to be a judge at the Dancing with the Burlington Stars. It's a takeoff on the TV show. It's the third year I've been a judge for that. It's a, a, a benefit for the Vermont uh, visually blind and visually impaired. Uh, it's held at the Flynn Theater, which is a 1400 seat uh, old art deco theater. It's, I've done it two years now. It's just a great, great show. And I really enjoy that. And uh, just doing some other personal appearances. We haven't gotten around okay. to doing any live shows yet. All right. Fantastic. Well, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to stop by here on the Ron and Brian podcast. And uh, please keep in touch. Thank Thank you very much. Boys, if you're ever in Vermont, look me up. (laughs) Will do. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
All right. A great interview with Amber LeMay. Uh, glad that uh, uh, we were able to connect and, and discuss. And, um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of competition, so we weren't able to do the uh, the interview live because, uh, you know, her show may be on right now. But uh, just uh, you're I'm not hearing you, Brian. I don't know if your mic cut out or what's going on over there. What? There we go. What? <laughs> what? What's going on? Um, so, yeah. So uh, definitely check out AmberLive.tv um, and uh, check out her social media. We've got links on our social media. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check it out. Good stuff. Um, getting back into the show, Brian. Brian, this is a, a segment that, that you brought to the table a few weeks back that I enjoy tremendously uh called fuck around and find out and we've got uh we've got a few stories in uh fuck around and find out this week yes um the first one about a california homeowner uh who caught a man uh attempting to steal uh, a catalytic converter out of his driveway we've got a lot of that in my neighborhood too what did that homeowner decide to do um, first, he, he um, went outside of his house. He approached the robber and said, excuse me, sir, can you please explain to me what a catalytic converter is? Because some people who don't drive cars um, don't understand what a catalytic converter is. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. It's uh, it's not a muffler, but it's like a muffler, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not a and, car but- guy. I don't know. But for some reason, it, it well, according to the nice people at uh, um, uh, Suburban Philadelphia uh, Jeep, was it? <laughs> Honda, Possibly. who was the Jeep? Who was yeah. The, yeah, it was Jeep. I know I had that correct. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, you would think that those people would have uh, uh, identified what a catalytic converter because they are getting stolen left and right by meth heads. Apparently there's a good, a good value to them. Now what's crazy is this, uh, this homeowner, uh, he gets woken up around two 30 in the morning. He hears a group mm-hmm. of men talking in his driveway. Um, so now me, I'm, I'm going to call the cops and let them sort it out. This guy, uh, assuming a uh, shocking, he was able to walk, uh, with the enlarged testicles he must have because he grabs a kitchen knife and decides to go out to his, uh, his driveway and confront the four people that are out there. And in the midst of it, uh, he stabbed one of the suspects to death. Uh, the other suspects hopped into a car and sped off. Well, they fucked around. They found out. Yes, exactly. Ron, um, if you're on the jury, if you're on the jury, when this guy goes to trial, what is your verdict? I mean, it's, uh, again, it doesn't say much in the story um, as to, um, oof, Allie's bringing the heat tonight. It doesn't say much in the story about whether- She's dropping facts. The fact that you live in a neighborhood where the police department will respond seemingly in real time. I mean, wait till till we get, wait till we get to our neighborhood Facebook story shortly. Um, Philadelphia, you've been warned. So it doesn't, it doesn't say whether this was a self-defense type situation or what. So um, I would need more information. They were robbing his car. Should someone die uh, for a catalytic converter? Should someone feel comfortable enough to approach your car and steal your catalytic converter, feeling that there is absolutely no consequences that they might fear? 
Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess we should just kill each other. I guess, and that's apparently what also happened. Yeah, in New York I believe. City, Brian. Okay, let's 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 keep going because there's, I see there's a, there is a trend that is forming. Yes, yes. So a uh, there was a uh, New York City sanitation worker who was arrested uh, this past Monday for allegedly shooting two people, including a teen accused of stealing his car in the Bronx earlier this month. Uh, Richie Torres allegedly fired at his his own car, his black Chevy Tahoe, after a 16 year old boy hopped inside the vehicle. Um, one of the bullets struck the teen in the shoulder and another round hit a 28 year old innocent bystander who was sitting inside of a nearby car. Uh, the uh, the teenager uh, did not survive his uh, his gunshot wound. I do not mourn that 16-year-old's death. So uh, you feel bad for the 28-year-old innocent bystander. If you're going to take the side of find out, you cannot shoot indiscriminately into the air. You've got to have better self-control because um, now this guy's going to find out what happens when you shoot innocent bystanders. 16-year-old kid killed in the car, I do not mourn. Well, the city worker was arrested also on Monday. He was charged with attempted murder, assault, criminal possession of a weapon, and reckless endangerment. All right. Apparently, the teenager was also charged with criminal possession of stolen property. Don't know how they're going to prosecute that. Even though he's dead? Even though he's dead, I guess they filed charges. Not quite. You know, this is what I tell you. These, 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 these liberal, soft-on-crime prosecutors that we have in here in New York City who are trying to pin charges against a dead uh, minor. Ron, are we done with fuck around? Because that kid fucked around and found out. He I'm did. sorry. But there was one more story, Brian, going down to Texas. Uh, Tejas. Eric, Eric Aguirre. I think that's how you're saying his last name. And we actually. Aguilar. Aguilar. Aguirre, possibly. Uh, that's his mugshot right there. He was out yep. on probation. Uh, for an aggravated assault charge when he allegedly shot uh, 46-year-old Elliot Nix uh, dead in Houston back on April mm -hmm. 11th. Uh, mm -hmm. He apparently had uh, gone on a Tinder date uh, with a woman. They uh, they got to the restaurant, um, and apparently uh, Nix was charging $20 for parking in a parking lot where uh, there actually was no charge to park. So uh, no. Eric paid $40 for he and his date to park. Someone at the restaurant uh, let him know that uh, Elliot Nix was was scamming them. Uh, so apparently, allegedly, Eric went to his car, um, got his gun, and then went and shot and killed, uh, shot and killed Elliot Nix and has since been arrested. No, you're missing the best part of this story. All right. Is that after allegedly shooting Nix, this guy goes, puts his gun back in the car, goes back to his Tinder date and finishes the date. Well, they did, but they they actually left the restaurant because he apparently seemed nervous at the actual restaurant. Yes. So they went somewhere else to. Uh, uh, to well, that's just because he killed a guy and he's thinking, <laughs> hey, listen, I know I live in Texas where pretty much you can just shoot just about anyone. But on the slight chance that, you know, the police might want to get involved. um, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, going to get, uh, you know, the opportunity to romance this uh, young lady of mine tonight.
So uh, the date ended up contacting police after she noticed photos of her and the suspect were being passed around asking to identify him. And so she was like, I I'm not I'm not doing time for this guy. Um, and so she turned him in and uh, he is uh, he's facing charges. And Ron, this is the tragic result of premature ejaculation. Um, if you are unable to really wow your woman with your sexual proclivity, your sexual prowess, if you would, if you leave this woman um, uh, feeling unsatisfied after the end of her date, and she finds out afterwards that you murdered somebody in the middle of your date, this woman is going to turn you into the cops. Now, all I'm saying is, had he really put the charm on, had he really made her feel safe, protected, entertained, engaged, heard, listened to, validated, recommended. You want me to play the clip, and I'm just not. I do, you <laughs> son of a bitch, and you're not. Um, but had he connected with her, she would not have called the police officers because she would have sat there and been like, that's the future uh, uh, husband of mine. That is the future provider for me. That is the future father of my children. So let me, and let me just make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Your assertion is, is that women out there uh, will not uh, want to seek justice for an injustice out there because they feel someone might be husband material. Ron, what I'm saying is that if Mrs. Ron was out at the local... Um, uh, uh, what's the movie theater? Uh, uh, movie the movie th yeah. So say you're, you're, you're Mrs. Ron. Mrs. Ron is at um, movie tavern in um, Lancaster Ville or whatever. What was that? Flower Town. Flower Town. Flower Town. Are you saying Flower Town? I'm saying Flower Town, like flower Jesus. you make bread with. Okay, you need first off. Yeah, I don't. I don't even understand this part of Pennsylvania you live to. You've moved to. Right? So what I'm saying <laughs> is this: if Mrs. Ron is sitting in her seat at Movie Town, Movie Tavern, Movie Tavern, waiting for her disappointing pizza to arrive, and she's sitting there. She doesn't know it's disappointing. It's going to be disappointing. You've warned her that it's disappointing. Um, and um, oh, hold on, Allie shockingly thinks <laughs> that I'm wrong on this perspective. So we'll talk about this during the after dark. Because I actually appreciate... Um, Allie, I already views. know. I already know, and uh, I've jotted down about 17 different ways Brian is wrong. So you're telling me that your wife, if you step up while, the, while waiting for the pizza to arrive, you're telling me that you're, um, if you get up and you come back and you're like, hey, honey, remember that valet who uh, I gave $40 to to get a, a nice spot? Uh, just found out he's not even a valet. He's just some schmuck in the parking lot. You know what I did? Went out there, shot him to death. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go watch this movie now, hon. Uh, hey, are you going to eat the rest of that pizza? Because there's six slices there. You've only had one. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's still, it looks edible. Can I have a slice? You're telling I, me. She would, she would. You're telling me, me that Mrs. Out. Ron is going to go to the cops. Probably, yeah. She's gonna that is such a lie. There is no way your wife is going to go to the cops on you over that. Anyway, so that was a uh, fuck around and find out for this week. Um, 
So Allie was Listen. cast. Allie was casting aspersions on the area that I live in, which is a tremendous lead-in into. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, what is going on in our local neighborhood? Facebook local town group? news. Yeah. So this now, time is, out. Yes. Time, time out. out. First off, right. I would just like to point out. I. Earlier this week, Ron reached out and said, hey, listen, we haven't done local Facebook group posts in a while. So I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm going to look for local um, group posts. Um, why don't you also go and do the same? I believe I've been blocked by my local Facebook group. Um, I went on to Facebook and I when Ron mentioned, it, I was like, hey, wait a second. I haven't seen a local post about uh, on Facebook for my local group, um, went on to the list of groups. I am no longer a member of that group. Did they, did they kick you out? I don't know what it was that I may have done. I may have posted or said. It might have been that time where I suggested that somebody burn their um, apartment building down um, uh, in lieu of uh, getting proper heating. I don't know. Um, but I will say is that. You should buy a holder for that microphone. I, I just fucked around and found out. <laughs> um, but I will say is that um, I, I was unable to come to the uh, table this week with a local Facebook post um, because I'm not I'm no longer welcome into my local Facebook group. Right. Ron, so this is you, on the other hand, yes. are an upstanding member of your local community. Yes. People do appreciate the um, contributions you make to that group. Nobody has banned you. Not as of yet. No, maybe after this. So this is from Cheltenham Township Residence. Um, we've got a post here. I guess I got to take the uh, the banner down so people can yeah, take see. Take the it. banner down. Uh, so this is uh, Lamar. He says he's got a photo of a, a flower in his front yard. He says, am I allowed to complain about the deer in our area here? This is a photo of a native flame azalea with one feeble bloom. If it weren't for the ravages of the hungry deer, this bush would be covered in blooms like this. Other azaleas have also been damaged by these uncontrolled pests. I like to look at them on occasion and don't mind if there were a few around, but there are too many. So now is he talking about azaleas or are you talking about the deer at the there end? There's too many deer around. He does he doesn't mind if there were a few, but there's too many deer going on right now. Now this is not a um he's not using code. Like when he says deer, he's not talking about like minorities. No, he's no, talking he's, about he's actual... talking actual deer. Okay, so, so this is not an, a racist. So I pulled some of the comments. Uh, you know, first we have some of the humorous ones. Andrews with an S, which is a weird first name. Uh, not too many deer have Facebook. I think you're good. Complain away. Clever. Now, do you think this this post is from like a a, a a gay couple, both named Andrew, who have signed up for you know the most it's awful of Facebook um, profiles, which is. Um, the uh, 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 both partners share the same account. Maybe I mean, but Andrews keeping Don't it light at the beginning. Any ideas over there, lady. <laughs> and uh, Andrews keeping it light at the beginning. So let's see who else comments. Uh, so we have Chris. I guess we could continue building townhouses in the small area of trees that still remain. That way, they'll have nowhere to live and eventually just die off, so your flowers can thrive. A lot of anger. Go and then Chris. Elizabeth says, Elizabeth says to Chris, release the wolves. So Lamar, oh, yeah. the original offer comes in. The people who are already here have ruined the environment. Now we just have the obligation to keep the population down sufficiently for the remaining deer to thrive. So he's posing Whoa. himself as the friend of the deer. Then okay. James hops in. 
got to love it when people move to the suburbs and then want to kill all the wildlife and trees. Amen on the sarcasm from James. I appreciate that guy. Oh, well, James, James is bringing it this conversation because then Lamar goes, James, you don't know me. I've been here ah. 20 years and I am more aware than you about how damaging uncontrolled herbivores are when apex predators are removed from the environment like they have been. In the absence of wolves, humans have to do the work where the deer will not only suffer themselves, but also inflict damage on the rest of the environment. Then James hops back in. By the way, you do not know more than me at Uncontrolled Herbivores. I have been part of the environmental movement since the late 60s. I have extensive knowledge of many ecosystems. James is one of those guys that will comment repeatedly because I guess he, he will, he'll comment and then think something else because he comes right. Oh, and then Andrew hops in. James, I'd love to hear what you think the perfect whitetail habitat is. <laughs> I'm holding on to the belief right now that James is 19 years old, doesn't even understand what um, uncontrolled herbivores are, and actually went on Chat GPT and 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 typed something in, and well, is remember, now just copying James and pasting. Was, James was part of the environmental movement back in the 60s, so he can't be that young. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. Why would you believe that what he posted is fair. true? I'm going to argue that 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 he has no idea what's going on. So then James responds to Andrew's whitetail habitat varies. Oh, but here comes Lamar saying, James, if you know so much, then you know that the suburbs are not ideal whitetail habitat. And that, in fact, they are now guest species in a controlled environment. So James is like, well, Lamar, if we would stop destroying it, they would do fine with proper management. Fuck Yeah. So then James starts a whole other comment thread under this, destroying their habitat even more, i.e. Ashbourne, which is a country club they're closing, drives the animals into ever-shrinking areas. Lamar is like, James, I wish the township would have been able to buy Ashburn Country Club and the property at the intersection of Church and Fairview as well. But this group, like every other, complains bitterly about our taxes already. So what is the township to do in the absence of land? Humans have to step up and take responsibility. James By the comes, way, if I can interrupt you right now, yeah, I love this. Yeah, I absolutely this. This is so fucking good. So James pops back in. Township management has been awful since I was young. My grandparents and great aunts and uncles have always complained about it. I've watched as many double lots were sold many. to developers to squeeze in another duplex here and there. More buildings, yet taxes keep going up and up. Simple. And James again starts a completely different comment thread. Simple. Stop destroying their homes. All in caps. James. Now Lamar is not. Lamar's not done. No, Lamar's not letting James off the hook. He says, James, this is highly ill-informed. If you leave them alone, no matter how much quote unquote home they have, they will overbreed. The problem is they have no natural predators. They will breed themselves into poor health and starvation and end up dying on your lawn in the middle of winter after they've eaten all your deer resistant plants. We have already destroyed their home. Now they are guests in our home. Guests that need to be controlled. Oh, James ain't. James ain't fucking his three, three comments right Ooh, in a row. Hence triggered, the, triggered. Hence the township control. I have watched the deer starving many times before the, uh, the outcry got too much for the township not to take action. They are not our guests. James, if there is a one sixteenth acre sitting somewhere, the township will allow building on it. When people oppose it, squeeze in more people, reduce services and raise taxes. We're all over the board now. We've gone completely <laughs> off yeah. deer onto everything wrong yeah. with the township. So Lamar 
pops in again. If you squeeze in more people, you can reduce taxes and leave untouched areas in the distant suburbs for the deer. Maybe if we're lucky, we can eventually pack people into denser environments and release apex predators out into the Pennsylvania countryside. And we can visit on vacations if rich people don't buy up the land for vacation homes when the farmers sell. Not sure where the fuck that came from. It's now a train wreck. The farmers. It's a train wreck, but ignoring our responsibilities to cull the herds of deer around here isn't going to be of any benefit. Lamar, James says to Lamar, they have been squeezing more people in for the last 50 plus years and keep reducing services and yet still raise taxes. And there's still more like this is literally like 50 or 60 comments deep now. This whole thing over deer eating somebody's flowers. Fucking love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, Right off the bat, I bet Lamar is a member of the NRA. But Janelle makes a point. Did you um, block out James's name? I, I well, I've been, I was erasing the last names that I missed on one, so it happened. Why? If this is being posted, if this is put up being, if, if James is comfortable posting on Facebook using his name, why should we be responsible for protecting his privacy? It's just who I am, Brian. It's what it's who I am. And then, last but not least, Allie wants a button that says "Beware Uncontrolled Herbivores." Oh, it was is it herbivores or herbivores? You know, I. I say herbivores, but it might be herbivores. I don't know. Is it herbivores? I mean, I cook with herbs, but I think it's herbivore. I don't know. You also cook with oil. <laughs> I do cook with oil, but there's no silent letters in that. No. I, listen, I will say this. Uh, we have uh, flowers in the front of our house. We've got tulips right. and we've got roses, and they never, ever grow. And you want to know why that is? Because the deer eat them every spring. And you want to know how many Facebook posts I've made about them? Absolutely zero. zero. Now zero. the question is: Does it bother you that um, that animals eat your um, flowers? I mean, I'm not obviously. You know, I plant the flowers in the hopes that they'll grow. But at right. the end of the day, they're animals. It's not. You know, it's what they do. It's like it's like getting mad at the at the fox that decides to make uh, you know his or her nest under our back deck. They're looking for shelter. That's all it is. Sure. And, and, and but but um, you did blow up your back deck a couple of years ago because there was a fox um, uh, mother and uh, what was it? Two. What do you call chilled baby foxes? The kits, I believe they're called. I believe so. Yeah. You blew up the backyard we, and then you not. skinned you skinned the fox and their babies for um, your wife made um, slippers out of the. Uh, the, the fox pout. If I'm and and Allie nails it here. Can you imagine your biggest problem in this life being that a deer ate your flowers? Like how lucky, like literally that's She's, your issue. Uh, no, that, that is a hunt that nails the entire point you're making, which is just the fact of there's so much suffering in this world. There's so much. And here you have somebody who is, 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 you know, planting, you know, putting up their flag and making a stand on the fact that there are deer eating their flag. Like, do you know how many people right now, myself included, living in an apartment, would love to see a deer? All right. Would love to see a deer, you know, just being its natural self. Um, you know, I work with a lot of people that are hunters that would immediately leave their back uh, deck with a uh, uh, 12-case shotgun and try to kill that deer. Well, that's like like we'll, here, no we'll, we'll drive down the road and we'll see, you know, 10, 15, 20 deer in, in a neighbor's yard. Just, you know. Have you ever called your wife deer? Uh, I do call my wife deer at times, yeah. So that's a little role play, no? <laughs> Not really, no. Not um, really. Do you, uh, all joking aside, do you, have you seen um, any increase in the uh, number of wildlife that you do see in your neighborhood? 
Because you've been in that area for a while. I've been here about uh, going on eight years, but I don't think I've seen an increase in deer. Um, I've seen a decrease in the wild turkey population, but that was due to the increase in the red fox population. Now, is that because people are drinking wild turkey? Uh, Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Ron? Yes. Do you want to talk about being a furry? (laughs) Well, I'm not one, so I can't really I can't really address that. Um, sure about that, Brian. Before you sure we, about that. Before we wrap up this week, we do need to talk about uh, the passing of a legend this week. Uh, the uh, the entertainment the entertainment world lost he's Harry at the age of ninety six. Um, just a tremendous Everyone talent. Go, everyone go home. Yes, most people are, are aware of him via the Banana Boy song that was featured in the movie Beetlejuice. Um, Brian, uh, tell me uh, tell me another song that Harry Belafonte, Harry Belafonte sang or recorded. I will not, because you know why? <laughs> because I'm the champ, Ron. I'm the All fucking right. champ. And you, you don't get to tell me what to do on my, sh- my 51% ownership show. I will say this, that my mother... Absolutely had a thing for Harry Belafonte. He was a handsome man. Even, even you know what I'm also going to tell you? That when, um, and this is just for people that are um, either grieving or uh, 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 can understand. As soon as I heard he died, I wanted to call my mom and let her know. It's, and yeah. she's been dead. She's been dead for 13 years. now. Never goes away, people. Yeah. Um, but uh, Harry Belafonte is dead. Um, Ron, can you name one other song that he sang? Because I can't. If you realize the last four minutes have been a diversion from having to answer that question, you just asked, I could not name one song that he sings. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you either. Um, Also, another uh, passing to point out, which uh, many people seemed okay with, was the passing of Carolyn Bryant Donham. She was the woman who uh, falsely accused uh, Emmett Till uh, and was the uh, white woman at the center of his lynching nearly 70 years ago, uh, passing away at the age of 88 from cancer. Um, many comments online of people really? applauding cancer's work in this case. You know what? In this one case, I hope she burns in hell for the rest of her life. Fuck this woman. She deserved to be in jail. She uh, she alleged that Till had woof whistled at her while she was working uh, in her family's grocery store. Um, again, uh, re- resulting in Emmett Till uh, being lynched and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and not only that, but I remember recently a um, grand jury uh, uh, announced that they were not going to um, uh, press any charges against her. For yeah. some reason, there's no statute of limitations on Emmett Till because um, I remember there was just recently talk of um, charging her for lying uh, under oath. But they did not. So, but now, you know, justice uh, is justice can take a while, but uh, hopefully it's being served. Um, As Brian mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to have our after dark as always at 930. But since it is the last Sunday of the month, this is our pajama party. This is where we ask Mm -hmm. all of our Patreon subscribers (laughs) to join us live. And uh, I will be facing the gauntlet once again as Brian has put together a Can You Beat Brian? Uh, $50. No, I put together a Can You Beat Ron? Can You Beat Ron, excuse me. Uh, If I lose.
lose uh, if someone can beat me uh, because no one beat me two months ago. Um, we will we will give fifty dollars to that person's charity. If not, uh, we'll add twenty five dollars to it, and it'll be seventy five dollars two months from now. Good point. Janelle mentioned Jerry Springer passed away. Well, what do you think? What are your thoughts about Jerry Springer? Um, I think he was a uh, I think he was a complex individual. I think um, I think was that the whole paying for prostitutes with um, with 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 the city check check? when he was mayor. I mean, not the smartest guy in the shed at times. That's the sharpest tool in the shed at times. I mean, again, I think he uh, I I think he helped um, bring down the narrative when it came to talk shows. I think that was one of the first shows where it really started to go. Like we, he dove feeder. to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He dove to the bottom. Um, on that. But, you know, he was also very accepting of homosexuality and drag sure. and transsexuals in, in an era where that wasn't the norm on television. Sure. So, as long as you were willing to have a cake thrown in your face <laughs> and get into a fight on stage to be saved by Steve Wilkos. I believe so. Yes. I believe that's his name. Um, security man, Steve, uh, whatever his name is. Um, you were, you know, he was happy to have you on as long as you were going to get into a fight. Yeah, without a doubt. So again, uh, many layers to him. You know, I, I, I can't say I watched the show. I wasn't a fan, but, uh, you know, I think. Oh, I, I, I watched guess, it. I think, you know, uh, I think if there I was, was home, good. If I, I was, was home and it was on, if <laughs> I was home and it was on, this was the thing. And I'm going to say this about uh, um, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Maury Povich right. um, is the fact that like it got to a point where if somebody said to you, hey, I, I want to go on a talk show with you, um, you and I are going to be on the show. You knew exactly what type of thing they were going to talk about, oh, right. which is why it, it reached a point where like in the beginning of the Jerry Springer show or whatnot, um, you know, it, you could have gone on for a variety of reasons. Correct. But eventually, if you were in a relationship with someone and they said to you, hey, I want to go on to the Jerry Springer show with you, there's absolutely no reason for you to have pretended that you didn't realize immediately that they were going to tell you that they were cheating on you. Yeah, it was, Because that were- became... Like he clear he he quickly realized that the ratings were higher for I'm cheating on you with a transvestite hooker. So if somebody said to you, "Hey, we're you know I want to go to Chicago with you," I believe they filmed it in Chicago. Yes. Um, if you know I want to go to Chicago with you, you know, like, like the show's going to pay for the flights because I have a message for you, but I can't talk about it with you now. How on earth can you pretend to be surprised? in those last like eight seasons of that show when that's the only topics they were covering. Right. Uh, just real quick before we go, I, I checked that post on uh Cheltenham township residence. Uh, we are now up to 69 comments. Nice. 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 All right. Anything additional before we, uh, we close up shop and head on over for after dark. I am so ready for after dark. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Patreon fans, we will see you in about 16 minutes. Everybody else, we will catch you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.